Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening people of God. Shalom, evening church. Please, I believe we are all doing well. Shalom, 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 evening church. Because I hope everybody is doing well. I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well with my family. God bless you and increase all of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because I believe you can all hear me clearly. All right, all right, all right, all right. We give God praise. Wherever you want, just want to share the link. Just share the link. Invite your friends and loved ones. Tell them that it's time to dive deep into the matters of the Word of God. Share the link. Share the link on your WhatsApp groups, on your WhatsApp, WhatsApp status. Any any place that you find yourself, share the link to that place. Invite friends and loved ones. Let them join. Let them join. Hallelujah. Just share the link. Share the link. Within a minute, we want to share the link as we have an awesome time in the Word of God. 
Share the link. All right, can you all hear me, please? Somebody said your voice has changed, Prof. Oh, uh, with time, with time, it will be fine. Amen. All right. <clears throat> yeah, with time, everything will be fine. So don't be worried. All right, great. We give God all the praise and all the glory. There is a moment in the presence of the Lord, even to understand basic things in God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take a word of prayer before we launch ourselves into the word of God. Blessed Father, we exalt you. We give you praise and glory. Thank you for gifting us with another evening in your presence. We give you glory in the name of the Lord Jesus. David said, it is better for me to spend even a second in the house of the Lord than for me to spend hours in the place of merrymaking. For in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. We thank you even for that which you have done for us. As we have come before thee, we know that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that your word is like fire that is shut up in our bones. We pray that your word will come forth with power. Let it impart our hearts with great grace. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Any area of the word of God that we don't know, that ignorance is ruling. We pray that by the light of your truth, let ignorance be destroyed and cause us to be enlightened that at the end your name alone will be glorified. We pray, let not our hearts be hardened to lay hold of that which is not profitable, but cause our hearts to unlearn and later to relearn that we shall grow thereby that your name alone will be glorified. We thank you, even in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, we give God praise, we give God all the glory. Somebody say, Oh, I'm very okay, I'm very okay. Just that the voice is, you know, trying to misbehave. But whether they like it or yes, so long as at least you can hear me, we steady. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. We give God praise and the glory. Hallelujah. Okay, people of God, we want to launch ourselves into the Word of God and um, build ourselves. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says that desire the sincere milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby. So we know that it is actually a dimension of God's word that is known as the sincere milk. It is actually that dimension that causes us to grow even in the things of God. And I believe strongly that this evening the Lord will help us, grant us grace and understanding even to grasp whatever he has planned to release to us. Amen. I think for some time now, um, the Lord has been helping us with a lot of things. And that was, I don't know whether it is this year or last year, we touched on eschatology, introduction to eschatology. Hallelujah. And I believe we understood a few things. But for the sake of those who were not here, because I think at that time a lot of people were not here. So for the sake of those who were not here, as at that time, I'm going to do a quick recap. Hallelujah. So that we all will understand what the Lord is actually um, telling us. Amen. But before that, can you all hear me please? Can you all hear me, please? Great. All right. Whether the network misbehaves or not, we will learn. The Lord will help us. Amen. Now, before we move on to what I want to um, share with us this evening, I want to ask all of us here, what have you heard about eschatology? Let me just first um, define what eschatology is according to the normal um, knowledge that we all know. And for the layman to also understand. Eschatology actually means study of the last things. Study of the last things. The study of the last things. It's actually known as eschatology. Are you following? So, matters concerning the last. Hmm? Matters concerning the last. They are known as eschatological things. Are you following? Good. Um, where maybe, maybe in our language, they will say eschatology is the study of the end times. Hmm? The true definition of eschatology is that eschatology is the study of the last things. The last things. The last things. Are you following? 
good. Now, the question I want to ask is that what have you heard based on this simple definition of eschatology? I know many of you have heard a lot of things about what they said eschatology means. What, what have you learned or what have you heard about eschatology? What, do, what have you heard? What do you know? What did they say that eschatology is? And what are some of the things that they, they said are part of eschatology? Somebody said there will be hard times. Okay. That's what the person meant. Okay. What do you also know? What have you also heard? Okay. Same said they said there will be six six six. Okay. Nice one. Somebody said they said there will be there's going to be rapture. Okay. Alright. And Titina said countries will rise against countries. Okay. Abnas dear said Israel will build their temple. I love this one. <laughs> I love this one. Tommy said, a son will betray his father and mother. Okay. Chidiabere said, men will be lovers of money. Okay. Ruth Lane said, natural disaster. I love what Mamiya Jira is saying, our body will be ratchet. Wow. That's great. Akosia Era said, there are no dead people in paradise after Jesus' resurrection. Okay. Wow, that's what she learned. Okay, Mame Puma also said, the coming of the Antichrist, which will be a person posing as a peaceful person and deceive people. Okay, wow. My son, Kobe Chris, Shalom also for hope all is well. Maureen also said, there will be judgment after death. Great. Jesus Network said he learned that the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm. Somebody said, I learned that ladies will marry ladies also as men. Okay. Adua Glory said lesbianism and gay. Sure, exactly. Nadia said, great nations will rise against each other. Okay. Some said, they said, if you don't take the mark of the beast, they will cut your hands. <laughs> I love that. Joshua said, I heard that parents and children will rise against each other. Okay. Right. Right. What have you also learned? At least some of us have heard something. He said, I heard Israel will go back to search for Jesus Christ. Okay, great. What else? Someone said, I heard that our works will be passed through fire. Wow. Okay. Okay, what have you also learned? You have learned something to share what you have, you have learned. Huh? 
and let us go into the scriptures whether they are in alignment with what they told you or they are not okay max god said increase in lust of the flesh and lust of the eye okay augusta mommy augusta said godlessness in the last days wow great my son the royal dacus said i heard jesus will come again and he has already <laughs> i love that i love that who said i heard again dead people will rise again okay wow we give god praise at least we have all learned certain things and all heard things from pastors you see the reason why you see as we are all saying these things you know someone said i heard there will be rapture do you know that almost all of us are just mentioning things we have heard not what we have sat down to read are you following said the whole world will trade with one currency okay okay maker said i heard that when israel realizes that jesus is the real messiah the end time will begin okay that's a very great answer wow someone said our love for the things of god will grow cold there will be false prophets okay wow glory glory and um i love all your submissions and um you know we are all learning hallelujah so this evening i want all of us to um stay glued to our seats uh, <laughs> all right now i want to ask this question all the things you have heard about the end times and everything Mm-hmm. all the things you have heard and you have read maybe you heard people speak have you sat down to dissect the scriptures to really know whether they are true or not have you it's just a simple question good almost all of us are saying no but the question is do you believe what they have said okay it's only mommy or guest that said yes please i have that's great that's great but do you believe what they have they have said do you believe what you have you have heard some Okay, most of us are saying somehow. <laughs> Somebody says sometimes. I see. This is where the whole problem is. <laughs> All right, Samuel so said I believe some, and they were they were scary. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. All right. You know what we are talking about this evening is one of the reasons why there are a lot of denominations now. Are you following me? 
what we, have, what we want to talk about this evening is one of the main reasons why there are denominations in Christianity. Are you following? And one of the things that I want all of us to know, you see, it will be very difficult for you to understand all these things because you, you just believed in the Lord Jesus, let's say, about 20 years ago. What do you know about Christianity? What do you know about Christianity? How did Christianity start? How? Are you following? How did Christianity start? And what is the foundation of Christianity? The problem that we have is that we fail to go back to learn the historical backgrounds. Now, let me just first say this. Let me just first tell you this. Are you following? Good. Now, when the Bible was saying this, God said, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. In the book of First Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 21. And 22. First Chronicles. First Chronicles. Chapter 16, verse 21 and 22. Now, the Bible said, if I want to read from verse 20, the word of the Lord tells us that this is talking about the Israelites when they left Egypt. And they were going to the land that God had promised them. The Bible said in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 20, down it said, And when they went from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another, another people, he God suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes. So you see, when the children of Israel were moving from Egypt to the promised land, the Bible said. As they were wandering in the wilderness, they were moving from one nation to the other and from one kingdom to another. The Bible says, yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, said, do not touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. Are you following? Good. Now, contextually, hmm? Which people is God talking about? Which people actually is the Bible speaking about here? Were you, you as you are sitting here right now as I'm talking to you, were you moving from one nation to the other? Were you moving from one kingdom to the other? Good. So why do you now apply that scripture on yourself that touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm, especially the men of God? We love to quote that scripture. That 
not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Meanwhile, that scripture was originally for the children of Israel. The question is, why are you quoting that scripture for yourself? If you don't understand why, then there is a problem. Are you listening to me? Then there is a big problem. Because the Bible that is in your hand, your name is not written in it physically. Are you following? And whether you like it or yes, there were certain specific audience that the Bible was written to. Let's talk about 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Corinthians was, was a place like, if I want you to go to Brazil, there is Corinthians there. That's where Corinthians is found. Brazil. In fact, they even have a certain football team. Can you all hear me, please? All right, great. Now, when you take your Bible and you open your Bible, and let's say it falls at a place where they have written First Corinthians. What does it mean? I want us to have a certain foundation. Are you following? before we actually move on to what we are supposed to understand else many of us will miss a lot of things the problem that we have is that we don't know anything historical and we are trying to build upon something as if the christianity thing came in our time are you following and the main problem is this If you don't have understanding to all these things, you will miss a lot of things. Now, let me just let you understand. When we look at the book of Revelation, hmm, the whole book of Revelation was written by John to seven main churches that were in Asia Minor. 
seven churches that were actually literal churches that were there. Are you following? So John wrote letters to them according to the visions that he was seeing. Amen. So now, contextually, and according to what was written, we, as we are standing here, don't misconstrue what I'm about to see. Amen. That is why we are about to unlearn, to relearn. So relax, be stable, open your heart. Hmm? Sometimes the problem that we make is that we don't want correction because our hearts are already formed uh, and our minds have already you know, conceived a particular thing based on what we have learned from our pastors. Religion has blocked our minds from receiving new things. Anytime you hear something that is different from what you have learned, it makes it look like the thing is false. Is that not so? So you find it very difficult to believe the new thing. Because trying to throw away what you have believed for 18 years is difficult. And if you are somebody who does not learn how to throw away certain things, if you don't know how to unlearn and to relearn, you will never grow. Are you following? Because you see, when we were in class 4, they gave us a definition for energy. And they told us that energy is the ability to do work. But when you go deep and you begin to grow and you enter deep into physics, there is a certain definition of energy that is quite different from what they told you or taught you in class 4. Are you following? Now, you can't say, no, 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 me, I want to use the class 4 definition. No, that one is better for me. It means you don't want to grow. Now, does that mean that the class 4 definition is wrong? No, it is not. But at certain dimensions, if you still carry them, it means you have not grown. That is why at a point in your life, you are crawling on the ground. You can't say you, that you want to stay there on the ground and crawl your entire life you realize that you are not growing. You need to get up and start walking. And after walking, you need to learn how to run. Are you following? So there are many things that we progress. We progress in all these things. Now, originally speaking, and according to the literal understanding, the Bible that you have was written to people that are not part of your family members. Are you following? Good. Now, if I want to look at the Bible, clearly, it is. It looks like the whole Bible is about Israel. Haven't you seen that? It looks like the whole Bible is about Israel, certain people that God was working with them, and all those kind of things. So you, the question is, are you an Israelite? If you are not an Israelite, why are you applying the scriptures to yourself? This is where the biggest problem of Christianity lies. Because if you understand the transition, then you will know and understand a lot of things. 
They have not taught us. Because we now, we don't want to learn. So we just listen to what an evangelist is saying. He will throw it to you and you believe it. You see? There is a problem. That is why some of you, in the afternoon when I was talking about the rapture, it was difficult for some of you to throw away what you have believed, to learn what is new. Very difficult. What are you trying to say? That there is no rapture? This thing that the greatest men of God, man of God. So all those great men of God that are actually saying this, what are you telling them? What are you saying? You that have not been in ministry for long, a man has been in ministry for 45 years and he has been saying this. You are a small boy, you are coming, you want to tell us what? I will believe in what the great man of God has said. <laughs> that is the biggest problem of Christianity. I'm telling the truth. The biggest problem, and we have not sat down to actually know where all these things are coming from. You don't even know how the Bible that you have in your hand, how you got it. You don't know how it was arranged. Because many of us don't even know that at first, the Bible was not in chapters and in verses. It was Sakatu like that. So when you take Daniel, and you want to read the book of Daniel, there is nothing like Dan Daniel chapter 1. So you can't say, okay, today I'm reading two chapters in Daniel, then tomorrow I'll continue. You can't say that. Because everything is just written at once. Are you following? No chapter, no verse. So the whole thing was just continuous. Continu because it was a continuous vision that a prophet called Daniel had that he was writing. So I've said this before, that in the year 1500, 1500, when we say 1500, the year 1005, that we had 1006, which we call 16. Hmm? Then we have 17, 18, 25, 1999. Now we are in 2000. So the year 15, it was actually the year 1500. It was the year that the whole Bible was actually brought together. And it was that year that the Bible was divided into chapters and verses. And in fact, men, human beings who sat down and they decided on how to remove certain books from the Bible so that we can have what we have now. You, you don't even know those who sat down, whether they are of God or not. You don't know the people, whether they, they were prophets, priests, no. Men that sat down to bring the Bible together were not even priests. <laughs> Are you listening to me? They were not priests. They were all Roman emperors. At that time, the kingdom that was ruling over the whole world, the Romans, they brought, they sat down and they calculated things and they brought the whole Bible together. They removed some books that were there. They, they, they intentionally did not add those books. But when you go to the Roman Catholic Church, they have a certain Bible that looks quite different from ours because they have certain books that are added to their own. And when you begin to read those books, 
they look more spiritual than the one we have. <laughs> Are you following? So you try to understand the Bible, you get confused. Because you don't even know how the thing has been arranged. And that is why when I was talking about understanding the whole Bible, I told us this. I told us that the whole Bible, the Bible as you have right now, was not compiled in chronological manner. So if you say, I'm reading the Bible from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, then you, you get confused at a point. Are you following? Especially Ezra and Nehemiah. You get confused. Because at one point, Israel was in captivity. Now, before that captivity, prophets in Israel prophesied that Israel should focus on God and not worship idols. If they worship idols, God will let the country Come and take them into slavery. All those prophets prophesied. Jeremiah was one of them. Now, he prophesied they did not listen. And the country captured Israel into captivity. Now that captivity, they were in captivity where Daniel even wrote. It was in that moment where Daniel, God spoke to Daniel and he wrote his book. Are you following? Now, all these things, when you begin to look at the Bible chronologically, you will not see it that way. You, are, you will see the Israelites trying to come out of that slavery that the prophets prophesied, even before the book of the prophets actually um, like what, came according to their writings. So you will get confused. So you now see Nehemiah trying to get the Israelites out of captivity to go back to their land. And later you go out and go and meet Daniel. Now you go and meet Jeremiah prophesying about the fact that the Israelites will go into captivity. You have the captivity according to Nehemiah. They have already come. They have come out of captivity and they have built their city. I don't forget what I'm saying. <clears throat> The problem is that we don't sit down to study. We, I'm telling you. That is why sometimes you can teach people, they will forget. If, listen to me carefully, you can't listen to eschatology with your brain. You forget it. Are you listening to me? It will be like what you read when you were in um, SHS 2. When we bring some of the mathematics questions now, you will fail. Even though you passed at that time. Are you listening to me? It is because there are many things you have forgotten. If you bring that same mentality to the scriptures, you will always be in trouble. And these are some of the things we don't sit down to study. Because religion will not let you think. See? Religion, what you came to meet, do the same thing. What you have come to meet. Who are you to come and change things? Huh? Even great men of God have followed this. You have come here just today. You want to change what? Follow. So right now, 
if you try to question things and understand things, you say you you are the devil's. <laughs> I remember one one time, one of my friends, Apostle Joshua, that my friend is blessed. He's so blessed with grace for 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 teaching and knowledge. My God, it was through him that I began to learn a lot of things. <clears throat> He started questioning some things about eschatology, and he started teaching some few things on Pensa Pensa WhatsApp platform. <laughs> and I've said it, Pensa. Hey, he just brought out some few statements. They said, "Hey, you have eaten of the forbidden fruit. You are the devil's e- hey, you are the devil's incarnate. You are a demon." Oh. Just because he had a different understanding about the end times from the Pensar people, they started tagging him. That is what religion does to man. So in Ghana, even in Africa, if you're a man of God, and doctrinally you hold a certain um, ideology quite different from another church, they'll start tagging you. They'll all call you a false man of God. So you're a false prophet. You are forced this. You are forced this. I'm telling you, my son, clever. This the way we have suffered, eh? The way we have suffered trying to teach. <laughs> People will come to church today. When they hear those things, they get irritated. They will go. They will not come back again. They start telling them, "Don't go to this church. They will throw dust on your eyes. False teachers." <laughs> Why? Because men have refused to go. And even the thing that they think they know, they don't know it. When you ask them, where is it written in the... They can't even show you. You see the whole thing? They can't show you where it is written, even in the Bible. How much more the true meaning of it? They don't know. But they are trying to call somebody false for saying something different. God, are some of you listening to me right now, if I tell you that Jesus has come, you leave the platform right now. So, oh, what is this man of God saying? <laughs> Amen. You see the way the place has become very quiet. You see, hey, boy, you Jesus. The problem is we just don't know. Admit it. And let's learn. Are you following? Admit it. Let me show you one, just one verse of scripture before we go into. <laughs> that is why my son made a statement. He said he learned that Jesus has come and he will come again. Hmm? Jesus, he will come, but he has come. Amen. I have a, a teaching on the podcast, The Coming of the Lord. Go and download and listen. Are you following? I want to show you something. 
in the book of Matthew chapter 16. Verse 27 and 28. In the book of Matthew chapter 16. Verse 27 and 28. When I'm done, I'll, I'll say something. Now, show the reason many people don't want to read the book of Revelation. They get confused. They don't know what, what the whole Bible is talking about. Because they think it is like biology. You think it is like economics that you can just cram the thing in your head, go, you chew and you go and pour. <laughs> now, listen to this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 and 28. He said, For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory, in the majesty, splendor of his Father, with his angels, and then he will render account and reward every man in accordance with what he has done. Now listen to the next verse. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom. Did you read that? Can you all hear me, please?
Can you all hear me, please? Great. Great. Now let's take that scripture again and just think about it and actually tell us how and what the Bible is trying to say. He said, For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory. <coughs> Can you all hear me, please? Good. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 and 28, said, For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory. That is the majesty, splendor of his father with his angels. And then he will render account and reward every man in accordance with what he has done. Verse 28. Then the Bible said, Truly I tell you, there are some of you standing here who will not taste death. That means you will not die before they see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom. Did you read that? Oh. I don't like this. <coughs> I look at the music. Can you hear me, please? Good. Now, when the Bible told us that Jesus will be coming in the glory of his Father to reward every man according to his works, verse 28, the Bible said, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death. There are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom. Did, did you read that? Okay, so what does that mean to you? Just look at it clearly. Hmm? Look at it and just ask yourself, what does that, that scripture mean? Mm hmm I want you to tell me what you understand by that scripture, especially verse 28, because we all know that Jesus is coming in the glory of his father. But the Bible said there are some of the people standing there as at that time that Jesus was speaking, who will not die 
until they see the Son of Man come in his kingdom. So what does he mean? <laughs> Yay! Uh-huh. What do you understand from that verse? Somebody said some of us won't die until Jesus comes. That's not what the, the Bible actually said. Because Jesus was speaking to a people. And he told them. There are, he said, truly I tell there are some standing here. Are you standing there? Oh, you are not getting it. You are not getting it. You see, your, your problem is this. You want to put yourself in that verse. Meanwhile, you are not the one that he was actually speaking to. Are you, are you not getting it? <laughs> Listen to what Frimpong Samuel is saying. He said, it means he has come already because none of them is still alive now. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ah, beautiful. It means because Jesus said there are some of you that I'm talking to, that you are standing here right now, you will not die until the Son of Man comes in his kingdom. Now, none of those people are alive now, they are all dead. Then it means if what Jesus said is really true, then it means the Son of Man has come. I don't know, I don't know if you're getting it. So now the question is, how did he come? Now, this thing I'm talking about from this scripture happened long time before you, you were born. Even before Jesus died. <laughs> For what we call AD to start. Are you following? Have you seen that you are now thinking the thing is really hitting your mind? Your pastor has never opened this scripture to you for you to understand it. Because they are always jumping, telling you something that is about to happen in the future. And you are always afraid. You are always shivering. You don't know what to do. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. That's what they've been doing. And they've not told you to sit down and take the Bible. Because... Today, you are going to all these things that I'm talking about. I've already taught them. Amen. Amen. They don't know what to believe. So, man of God, what are you trying to say? Yes, I'm not the one trying to say. The Bible is saying. Are you listening? That's what the Bible said. I'm not the one who said it. Jesus himself said that some of you standing here as I'm talking to you. Now, what he was talking about was that he said, the Son of Man will come. 
in the glory and the splendor of his father. And he will come and reward every man according to his works. Is that not what the pastor told you? That Jesus will come and he will reward every man according to his works. And what he said was that we will all line up before God. So when you come and stand in front, in front of him, you say, you, you did this, you did this, you receive your reward. Is that not what they said? That's not what the Bible is saying. That's not what the Bible is saying. When he was speaking of you, So it is just as simple as this Jesus has come, and Jesus will come. Are you following? Good. Now the next moment that he will come so we need to understand the kind of coming that he came in this scripture how did he come how did jesus come in this scripture because he said none of the people that were standing in front of him will die except he has come now the people are dead it means he came before they died if only what he said was true then how did he come Are you following? Now, when you hear the word, the coming of the Lord. Anytime you hear that the Lord is coming, you need to really understand what the Bible is contextually saying about his coming before you just jump into any conclusion. Now, the reason why many of us can't understand the matters of eschatology is that it is not just like any verse you try to you know, put yourself in that verse quickly. You get confused. Are you following? Because they are prophetic languages that you would need prophetic understanding in them. Especially what the Bible calls 666. I've taught on it before. 666 is not that you see people and they have written 666 on their foreheads. No, it is not something we write. It is something we calculate. Okay, now if I tell you, write 666 and calculate, what will you do? What, what, does it, what, what are you trying to say? I should calculate what? That thing is 666. It is there right now. What, is, what, what should I calculate? Is that not what you will say? But there's a problem because the number is not supposed to be to be read it is supposed to be calculated are you following let's read something from the book of the revelation of jesus christ verse chapter 13 verse 18 revelation is chapter 13 verse 18. Now I'm reading from the ISV. He said, Here is room for discernment, a call for the wisdom of interpretation. Did, did you? Did, I love this um, version. 
I'm sure it is amplified there. He said, Here is good. Here is room for discernment. A call. Now, this matter we are going to talk about, the Bible said, it is a call for the wisdom of interpretation. If you don't have the wisdom for interpretation, you will miss what is about to be said here. It is not something we just read with our, our head and say, okay, this is it. No, you would, have a, you would need a certain wisdom before you can interpret. Are you following? Now he said, let anyone who has intelligence, penetration and insight enough, calculate the number. Ah. Are we, are we reading something here? So let the one that has understanding and insight calculate the number of the beast. For it is a human number. The number of a certain man. His number is 66. Now, he has already told you the number. But he said calculate it. And he said this calculation, if you don't have Can you all hear me, please? Good. Now, did we all read that the Bible said we should calculate the number? He gave us the number. He said the number is 66. And he said calculate it. But before he told us to calculate, he said, you have to get wisdom and understanding before you can calculate it. So now, when I tell you, write the number 666. Now, calculate. How will you calculate that number? You would need wisdom. He said, wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number. <laughs> solve the meaning. So it is a question. Oh. Solve the meaning of the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is 666. The number of a man. Can you all hear me? So whatever you think you know and understand about 66, if you have not been able to calculate by wisdom and understanding, it is wrong. Because 66 is not just a number we'll be seeing written on people's faces and on high... No! It is something that when you see, it is a call for wisdom. So you, you watched a movie and you said, when you see six, this is written on somebody's forehead, it means the person has taken them. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Can I say something here? I've thought on this before. <laughs> now, do you know that the, the, the number will be written on the forehead and on the right hand? I hope you know that according to what the Bible has told us. the forehead and the right hand what does it mean what does your forehead mean and what does your right hand mean 
your right hand speaks of power and your forehead speaks of wisdom are you following so wisdom and power our god is an awesome daddy reigns from heaven above with wisdom power i hope you know that how many of us remember that song good now so god is reigning from heaven above with wisdom and power what is god's wisdom and power i've thought on this before what is god's wisdom and power in the book of first corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. The Bible said, But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Simple. But to those who are called, whether Jew or Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, the power of God and the wisdom of God, which is manifested in the human body as in the forehead and the hand is called Christ. That means that anything that they will use on your forehead and on your right hand is standing against the Christ. Are, are you getting it? And what is the one that stands against the Christ? It has a simple name. The Antichrist. The Antichrist. Now, the Bible is now telling us that that number, so you see, when we talk of Antichrist, it is not like you have written 66 on your head. On your forehead and on your hand so that means that uh, mark do you know what the mark is about <laughs> let me explain anytime somebody denounces christ the person has received the mark if you are waiting for somebody to come and write something on your forehead and on your hand no, these things. I don't forget what I'm saying. I have a I have a message on the podcast. Go and download. Some of you, I'll tell you to go and download. You will not go and download. The next day, you come and ask a certain question. I have a sermon on Islam and the Antichrist. Islam and the Antichrist. Look at this. That's a COVID-19 vaccine is 66. That is nonsense. You see, when you don't know the word of God, you will enter into conspiracy theories. You will start just getting things. You will get confused that COVID-19 why in the Bible did oh 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 
That is why I keep telling us that Christians, we are missing a lot of things. I'm telling you, you don't even know your end. It is a big problem. I've said this here, that vaccine, it is like water. If you think you take it and it will solve COVID, forget it. <laughs> it is like they are injecting water into, into your system. There is no power you need to kill anything. It is nothing. Are, are you listening to me? In fact, most of the people that died during COVID season, they died through fear and emotional trauma. Because a lot of people, some of you, because you are listening to me right now, you got COVID, you didn't even know. And you got healed, you didn't even know. Some of you listening to me right now, you got COVID and you got healed on your own. You didn't take any vaccine, nothing. So I didn't What happened to that person? The kind of fear that comes with this COVID, COVID thing has killed many people. Are you following? Ah! There is nothing in it. There is nothing. <laughs> Don't use this one to align um, Oh, don't don't try to link it to the end times. No, no, don't don't waste time. Amen. Good. Now, <laughs> we are talking about serious matters. Forget COVID. <laughs> Amen. Somebody say yes. <laughs> COVID has come. The world is coming to an end, sister. We go day here. Hmm? We go day here and serve the Lord. <laughs> you remember? We go day here. No. Ah, we go serve God. Ah. Some of us we go enter dimensions with angels. <laughs> Charlie, we go manifest the power of God. We go cast devils. We go heal the sick. The prophetic we are here to start. <laughs> we we will preach the gospel to the uttermost part of the earth. Are you following? Let them say whatever they want to say. The Holy Ghost will do his work. His main assignment is to establish the kingdom of God on earth. Through us, we will allow him. We will allow him. If you want to jump and run to heaven because you are afraid, go. Take the lead. When we are ready, we will come. And we don't want to come to Christ to come and, come and meet us here. You are not the Christ. Christ is there. Christ is there. <laughs> are you following I'm trying, I don't know, but I wish I could teach. But I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to weed <laughs> the land of our minds and our hearts. Because we have already received certain things that we need to uproot them. Else we will find it difficult to grow in the truth. I'm telling you. So please, allow me to read, uh, to weed, okay? Uproot certain weeds. Are you following? How many pastors will take their time to teach the end times? The Christians themselves, because they don't want to hear. 
everybody wants to hear God is going to open a marital door for you. Child of God, I came to tell you that God is about to bless you. You see, one thing that the Lord told me Himself, when He wanted me to start the ministry, He said something. He said, You can't be a pastor and have souls under you when you don't know doctrinal i don't know how to explain it when you don't know about the doctrines of christianity are you following we are not only here to help you by the anointing get a good marriage it is good get a good marriage get a good job we destroy the works of the enemy against you they are all good a man that does not understand his end is a confused man if you don't know where your destination is you can pick any car you are confused are you following many people will start ministry because of the gift that they have because they are prophesying and everybody is coming and it's been a blessing to them they will start a ministry so when they when you come you receive prophecies it will come to pass you come and testify beautiful things amazing work of the holy ghost but listen if you don't have understanding into the foundational doctrines of christ you are not helping the people they will receive marriage and after three years the marriage will break because they don't even know why we marry they don't know why we marry in this our kingdom they don't know they are all marrying because they want somebody to take care of them they don't know why we marry in our kingdom. Teach them. They don't know. Now, if I ask you right now, why why do we marry? Problem will come. And I will say that we can give birth to children. You see, there's a problem. And of God, we marry so that we can stop fornicating. You cry, dear, you are lost. And in fact, these are reasons why people marry. A young man of God is struggling with, with fornication. Sir. He, can't, he can't quit. Let me marry him. Just. So he married because of fornication. He has missed the true purpose of marriage. Are you following? So it is difficult for believers to learn about the end times nowadays. Because the pastors don't want to teach. Meanwhile, these things are... They are, they are foundational things you need to know. That is the reason when you when you hear Jesus is coming soon, now you must show. You don't know what you want to you want to run. If you know what these things have done to people, if you know what these things have done to people, in the early nineties, there was a certain man of God. I won't mention his name. A small girl in that man of God's church. The man of God is called John Darby. So those of you who have seen Darby Bible. Darby Bible. D-A-R-B-Y. Darby Bible. He was an evangelist. And in his church, one young girl, a six-year-old girl had a dream. And the dream that the girl had 
people were just jumping into the clouds. As at that time, the man had a dream. The man was trying to understand 1 Thessalonians 4 16 and 17. He didn't get it. So the moment the God brought the dream, he said, Ah, it is true. Then it means we are all going to be raptured. So he was the man that brought the word rapture. It is not found in the Bible. In the, the word rapture is not seen anywhere in the Bible. Then he was the one that influenced this movie they call Left Behind. If you don't know history, you, you will always be confused in this thing. <laughs> That is what the enemy is using to, to、um, you know, we don't know history. We just don't know history. We don't know what happened. Now, if you're a believer and you want to know what is ahead of you, first know what is behind you. Because history is actually the foundation for the roof, which is the future. I'm telling the truth. Go and learn church history. How did we get here? If you know the fights that have gone on among the church, you will be shocked. People said Jesus was more God than human. Other people said he was more human than God. Other people said he was not even God. Some said he was not even human. That one brought fights in the church. Now, we don't know any of these. So now, There are still people who have splitted. This one holds this. This one holds this. This one holds this. Now, whether you like it or yes, as a believer, you will believe one of them. Are you following? You will definitely believe one of them. What your pastor is preaching is what you believe. Are you following? This is the problem that we have. You know, I used to be like all those people when I hear that Jesus is coming soon. Aye! Aye! Especially when you have gone to sin on Saturday evening. Then Sunday you, you, you come to church and the pastor is preaching. When we had a four and found us all tears on them, the sense was s a y That was a drama. Because we know what we did on Saturday evening before coming to church on Sunday morning. Sometimes you'll be there, ah, it looks like. The lady that I had this thing with, is she the one that told the pastor? Why is that the pastor is hitting some dimensions, straightforward like that? <laughs> Then he starts talking about hell in the church. It's when they preach hell and people get so, you know, people don't know what to do. They think the Holy Ghost is working. No, no, no. That is not the work of the Holy Ghost. They preach, people are afraid, and they begin to cry. Because the way they will preach hell, hell, you'll be there, you'll burn, and you won't die. 
you can stab yourself with the longest and sharpest knife you will still not die you can cut your head it will come and fix itself again you will not die you will be there forever and ever it will not end you will be there sir oh no Abba I can't even imagine this one now listen there is hell whether you like it or yes there is hell and there are human beings that will go to hell there is heaven there are human beings that will go to heaven but as a believer none of these places are truly your assignment if your assignment is in heaven that's where you came from you should have stayed there what are you doing here on this earth if your main assignment is in heaven and that's where you came from what are you doing here even sit down to understand that thing spiritually and physically it does not click that's what christians have believed in certain things that even unbelievers laugh at us unbelievers <laughs> you see those who are into the spiritual world in, in the dark world they just look at you and they laugh where did you get that knowledge from No, where did you get that knowledge from? Now, the pastors will preach and make it look like we are, we are like the unbelievers. So the same damnation that is coming on unbelievers, they preach the same damnation to us as Christians. Now, we don't even know our difference. We don't even know. Now, I'm not saying quit your church. No, you need to learn. Are you following? Stay in your church, but learn. If your pastor is not teaching you, you learn, study. That's the, that's the point. Because understand this, your pastor cannot teach you all things. That is why even what you listen to him preach in church, you have to go and meditate on them. Are you following? Hallelujah. Now, let me hit on some few things quickly um, before we, we dive deep. Now, the word eschatology means the study of the last things. The study of the last things. There are certain things according to our scriptures as Christians that are known as the last things that will happen in the last moments. So, eschatology actually comprises of the last things and the first last thing 
that eschatology deals with. So we have what we call personal eschatology. Personal eschatology. Personal eschatology deals actually in what happens at the end of life. That is life after death. The matters of heaven and hell. Where the souls of men will be at the, at the end of time. Are you following? It is called personal eschatology. It deals with the souls of men, the personalities of men, the end of the souls of men. Are you following? So we are going to talk about that one. Then we, the second one is what we call cosmic eschatology. Cosmic eschatology. The word cosmic actually speaks of the universe or the world. The universe or the world. So cosmic eschatology speaks of the last things that will happen at the end of the physical world or the universe. So this physical world we see. This physical world that we see. What actually is going to happen to it at the last moment? It's known as cosmic eschatology. We are also going to learn that one. And the last one we have is called Covenantal Eschatology. Covenantal Eschatology. That one also speaks of the last things or the thing that happened lastly in a certain covenant. So it speaks of the end of an old covenant. Are you following? Good. These are the three main pillars of eschatology. You can't talk about eschatology as a Christian without you talking about where the souls of men will be after death. And also without talking about how this world, the, the matters concerning the end of this world and all those kind of things. And you also cannot talk about eschatology without talking about what, what is happening to a certain covenant. Are you following good now the problem that we have is that sometimes we try can you all hear me please good the problem that we have is that sometimes we try to use number three for number two you see, so when you read the Bible, any verse that you see in the scriptures that is actually talking about an eschatological thing, you have to now look at it carefully and decode whether it is a personal eschatology which deals with where the souls of men will be after death, then, or whether it is something connecting to the physical world that we see, or it is something connected to a covenant that is ending. If you don't understand this, you will make a big mistake. Because there were many things that Jesus spoke about that was not actually speaking of the end of the physical world. But we thought he was speaking about that. And that was where most of us went wrong 
Amen. Especially, now let me talk first about covenantal eschatology. Covenantal eschatology. Covenantal eschatology. Now, when Jesus came to this earth, there was nothing like new covenant, as the Bible has taught us. There was nothing like that. The only covenant that there was, was the Mosaic covenant that God established with Moses, which is the old covenant. Are you following? Now, if you have, um, if you were here when I was talking about the understanding the whole Bible, you will actually um, understand that. I, I, I taught on these things. <clears throat> now, when Jesus came to the earth, when he was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, he came in the time where a certain covenant was active, and that covenant was the old covenant. And the main assignment of Jesus Christ was to establish a new covenant. Are you following? God had already prophesied that he was going to establish a new covenant with the children of Israel. So Jesus came to establish the new covenant. Now, does that mean that, does that meant that he was going to destroy the old covenant? He said he did not come to destroy it, but he came to fulfill it. He did not come to destroy it. He came to fulfill it. What every covenant is looking for is fulfillment. But the children of Israel, that kind of covenant they entered into with God, there was nothing they were able to do. Because what that covenant was looking for as a fulfillment was righteousness. The people could not live a righteous life before the Lord. So when Jesus came, he was the only man that lived a righteous life on this earth. And his righteous life fulfilled that covenant. Are you following? His death was the end of that covenant. And his resurrection was the beginning of a new covenant. So when we read the book of Hebrews chapter 8 verse 13. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 13. The Bible said, In that he said, A new covenant he has made. A new covenant. He has made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. I want a different version. If you have any different version, you can post it. The International Standard Version says, In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. What was he talking about? Is, it not, is that not the old covenant? Is that not the old covenant he's talking about?
Can you all hear me, please? Great. Now the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13, said, In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. So when God speaks of the new covenant or agreement, he makes the first one obsolete, out of use. Did you hear that? Out of use. Oh. I don't think I get it. So the old covenant has been made out of use. It means we are not using it anymore. It, God has made it obsolete, out of use. And he said, and what is out of use and annulled because of age is ripe for disappearance and to be dispensed with altogether. It will soon disappear. So now, there is what we call the out of use of the old covenant. Now, what is the old covenant? It is through the old covenant that we had the Ten Commandments. In the old covenant, there were 613 laws. 613 laws that every Israelite was supposed to obey one by one. Once you are able to obey all of them, you are now declared to be righteous. And none of them could do that. None of them. And the Bible said, even if you break one of the law, you have broken all. <laughs> so there was no one that was able to fulfill or walk in all the 613 till Jesus Christ came. He was the one that fulfilled all and his death brought it to an end. Now he said that covenant is out of use. But do you know when you go to Israel right now, there are still Israelites that are into Judaism. Do you know? They still kill lambs. To wash away their sins. I hope you know that. Good. Now, the question is, why are they still killing lambs? To wash away their sins. It means that which was that God has made obsolete is what they are still trying to use. That means God is not in it. Are you following? And there is a reason why. Because they were, and those people they are still believing God for a certain Messiah. They are still waiting for a certain Messiah to come. Meanwhile, the Messiah has come. He walked with the disciples. He did miracles. He, has, he died. He resurrected. He ascended. They, they don't believe in any of them. 
Are you following? Prophetess said, no. I see some Christians here in Florida when they are being ordained as apostles. They do that, eh? You see? Meanwhile, that covenant, according to the scriptures, the Bible said, it has been made obsolete. And there is a new covenant that is coming. So, now, the end of that covenant is also an eschatological topic. How did that covenant end? Now, if you understand how that covenant was created, you will know how it ended. Are you following? Now, when the Israelites were moving from Egypt to the promised land, they got to a certain point in the wilderness where they got to a certain point in the wilderness where God called Moses to the mountain top, Mount Sinai. And there, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, God said to Moses, whilst they were on their way, God told Moses that they should make what we call the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, God told them to put in three things. First, the two tablets of stones that were carrying the commandments of God. Second, God said they should fetch some of the manna that fell when they were in the wilderness and put it in a bowl and put that bowl of manna inside the Ark of the Covenant. And also, the time came when God wanted to elect a high priest among all the Levites, God brought some few people and he said, all of them are going to have a staff. Staff means like Puma. And when you know, if you know Puma, you know. Good. Puma is one of the um, manifestations of a dead wood. When we say a dead wood, we are talking about a wood that has been taken out of a tree. It is not connected to any source of life. Are you following? It has no root. Nothing. Good. So there is no life in, in that stuff. But God said, all these people that I want to choose, the high priest among, they all have rods or staffs. They should all go and put it somewhere and sleep. The next day, the one whose staff will bad like a tree that is burdened with a new fruit, then that person is the one I've chosen as the high priest. And when they all slept and they woke up the next morning, it was Aaron's staff that they saw that it had budded. So God told Moses that now, pick the Aaron's, um, Aaron's rod that was that budded and also put it in the Ark of the Covenant. So there were three main things that were found in the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron's staff that budded, the two tablets of stones which contained the Ten Commandments and a bowl of manna, then they put them in, inside. Then God told them to build a temple and put the Ark of the Covenant at the most holy place. That temple, God told them to build it and divide it into three. The outer court, the inner court, and the most holy place. God told them to put the Ark of the Covenant at the most holy place. At the end of every year, all of you are supposed to come before me 
When you come, each family is supposed to bring a lamb. That lamb, you are going to kill the lamb and use the blood to atone for your sins. So the high priest will be the one that will kill all the lambs for all the families. Then he will mix the blood and take the blood to the most holy place. Sprinkle it on the Ark of the Covenant. There is a place, the top of it is called Mercy Seat. He will sprinkle the blood on the Mercy Seat. When he sprinkles the blood on the Mercy Seat and he begins to recite the name of the Lord, Yod He Vav He, Yod He Vav He, Yahweh, Yahweh. Then the light of God, the Shekinah glory of God, will appear in between the cherubim. And the moment that light appears, it means God has accepted the sacrifice. Then it means their sins have been covered for the whole year. Are you following? So they kept on doing this. They kept on doing this. Every year, every year. They were killing lambs just to, you know, cleanse their sins for a year. Every year they were doing it. Every year they were doing it. Now, when they got to the land of promise, they built a temple. Because at first, because they were sojourning, they were known as nomadic people who were not having a permanent place. So, what they had was a tabernacle. A tabernacle is a movable temple. A temple that can be moved. So, they were always being controlled by a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire in the night. When the pillar moves, they will also move. Whether you are sleeping at 1.25 a.m. and the pillar of fire moves, definitely there must be a watchman that will watch it. You all must wake up and you move. Now, they will fold everything. That temple, they will fold everything and start moving. But when they got to the promised land, they used bricks and things to actually build an immovable temple. Then they actually partitioned it according to the way God gave to them. So it was still having um, this. It was still having the, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. This was the temple that David wanted to build for God. That God said, no, you have blood on your hands. I will bring forth a son out of you. And you will be the one that will build that temple. And in fact, we all see that the son is Solomon. But according to what God is saying, God spoke to David and said, your son will come out of your lungs and he will, he will build a kingdom and that kingdom will be forever. We all know that Solomon's kingdom was over, overthrown. So Solomon was just a shadow of what was about to be made manifest through Jesus Christ. Are you following? So the true manifestation of that prophetic word was the Lord Jesus. He was the one that built the temple. What is that temple? Our bodies. So you remember, in the book of John, the Bible said, Jesus looked at the temple and said, this temple that you see, it will be broken, and within three days, I will build it. And the people were like, what are you talking about? You want to break this temple and build it again in two days? We used 49 years to build this one. In fact, we painted everywhere with gold. Do you know the amount of gold we had to dig from the ground before? You want to collapse and build it in three days? What are you talking about? Was, then the Bible said they did not know that he was talking about the temple of his body. My God. Which is the church. So the three days he was talking about was the three days of his death. And on the last day of his resurrection, 
Because the day he resurrected, that was the day he came out with the church. Are you following? Now, Jesus, after his work, he said, I am the true lamb. The lamb that all the families of Israel were bringing to cleanse their sin every year. I am the lamb. Believe in me and your sins will be forgiven. Now, this old covenant, I am making it obsolete. And I'm creating a new one. And the new covenant that I'm creating, what I'm going to do is that when you even read Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12, he said, For I will be merciful regarding their wrong deeds. And I will never again remember their sins. This is the dimension of the new covenant. In the new covenant, he says, He will be merciful concerning our wrong deeds. And our sins he will remember no more. No more. This is heavy. <laughs> For I will be merciful and gracious toward their sins. And I will remember their deeds of unrighteousness no more. That is the new covenant. All you need to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And your sins are forgiven. This was something blasphemous to the people of the, of the Jews. What are you talking about? What are you saying? That we should stop them. So some did not believe. And in fact, when they, they were all believed, at that time when Jesus came, the Israelites were in the hands of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was ruling over the whole world and they were oppressing people. So the Israelites were crying to God that God would give them a savior to come and save them from the hands of the Romans. Just as in the times of old, Samson came to deliver the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. So they were believing that a certain strong man like Samson will come and he will start fighting the Roman Empire. Then he'll say, our deliverer has come. Now, this was Jesus that was born by a carpenter. Now all of a sudden you are coming to tell us that you are the Messiah. They got angry. That is why even the death of Jesus, the, the Jews were part. Hmm? They pushed Jesus. Uh, they, they, in fact, they gave Jesus to the Roman Empire that they should kill him. Hmm. And the Bible said, there was a man by name Barabbas. He was the notorious robber in that time. Very notorious. He would kill, he would steal things and everything. But when they arrested Jesus and they took Jesus before Pontius Pilate, he said, this man and Barabbas, who should I release? They said, hey, release Barabbas for us. Hey, the man that has been killing your family people, stealing their things. Jesus that has never wronged anybody. He said, kill him, crucify him. Hey. They killed Jesus. So to them, the Messiah has not yet come. That guy that came and said he's, um, he, he's like the father. So what are you talking about? If I want to even got them angry the more. What made them seriously angry was that the Israelites did not know God as a father. They only knew him as a God ruling over them. But Jesus came to tell the people the only father they thought they had was Abraham. Are you following so they were not speaking. You can't speak against Abraham in Israel because he was their father. 
and God was their God. But Jesus came and he said, God is his father. And even Abraham cried. Abraham sought to look into his days because before Abraham was, he what? He said, before before Abraham was, I am. He didn't even say, I was. Before Abraham was, I am. Meanwhile, Moses told them, when God spoke to him in the wilderness, when he saw the burning bush, and he asked God, when I go to the Israelites in Egypt, what should I tell them? That who sent me? He said, when you go tell them that I am sent you. So the moment they heard that Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, what are you saying? You are saying you are the God. That our, our forefather Moses spoke about the God and you that you are the carpenter's son. What this guy they started beating him. You are telling us that before Abraham was, say Abraham sought to look into your days. What are you saying? They didn't know that he was God. Are you following? These are basic things you need to know as a child of God. Basic things. I'm teaching you how the old covenant was made obsolete. The death of Jesus made that old covenant obsolete. He fulfilled it. Now, when he fulfilled it and he created a new covenant, the only thing that we had to do in the new covenant was to believe in him and love our neighbor as Christ loved the church. Because in the times of old, it was love your neighbor as yourself. But do you know people even hate themselves? So if you hate yourself, you cannot love your neighbor. You will definitely hate your neighbor. But this time around, he said, love your neighbor as Christ loved the church. That means loving your neighbor right now has become a revelation. You need to now know how Christ loves the church before you can love your neighbor. And the love that Christ had for the church was even simple. Whilst we were yet sinners, he died. That is how God commended his love towards us. In that, whilst we were yet sinners. So that means, loving your neighbor means when your neighbor is still fooling and misbehaving, love him or her. Is it not difficult for you to do now? Because <laughs> uh-huh. some of us were brought on the dimension of karma and tit for that. What you have done to me, somebody will do the same thing to you. This thing that you have done to me, somebody will do the same. Sister, sister, sister. You are not the only one whose hearts have been broken. Hmm? Some of us, they grounded our hearts into powder. <laughs> but here we be. Are you, are you following? <laughs> Hallelujah. Good. So now, this old covenant is about to end. But do you know, the covenant was sealed with the temple and with the Ark of the Covenant. So there is no way the covenant... Now, do you know that if the temple is destroyed and the Ark of the Covenant is destroyed, it will be very difficult for the people to continue killing lambs to wash away their sins. I hope you know. Because when they kill the lambs and they get the blood, they must enter the, the temple 
to go and、um, sprinkle the blood on the ark of the covenant. Are you following? So, so long as the temple is there, even though the old covenant has been made obsolete, it was still in session. That is why the Bible said, in speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete in Egypt will soon disappear. That means, as at the time that Paul was writing this scripture, the old covenant system, according to the temple things, they were still there. Are you following? They were still there. Even though Jesus had made it out of use, but it was still there. And he said, very soon it will disappear. How was it going to disappear? That means there is going to be an end to that covenant. And when that covenant ends, it means a new covenant has been made. And Jesus has started a new covenant. Are you following? So now, the period where the people were living in that old covenant was a particular period which normally we call an age. So we have the old covenant age and we have the new covenant age or era. Are you following? So many of us have heard of the new covenant era, the old covenant era. Are you following? We have broken things down. If you still don't understand, I think we have to put the Bible in water and use burning s o f i r e to push it into your system. If you know burning s o f i r e if you don't know to, don't worry. Hallelujah. Good. Now, Paul is telling us that the old covenant has been made out of use, but it is yet to be wiped off. So, how was it going to be wiped off? It means the old covenant age or era is about to come to an end. And so long as the temple is there, it has not yet ended. So, the temple must be destroyed before we can say now the old covenant system has been taken away and the new covenant system has now started. So that means there must be a destruction of the temple. Are you, are you listening to me? I hope you get that. Good. Now, listen to what, what happened. In the book of Matthew 23, in the book of Matthew 23, Jesus and his disciples went to the temple. And when they went to the temple, they, Jesus started. Cursing and prophesying that this temple will be destroyed, this and this will happen. This and, now, that temple was a temple that, when you bring it to the normal calculation, as it was done, it was over 84 million US dollars that they used to build that temple. 84 million US dollars as at that time. The kind of gold and all the precious stones. That went into the temple, 84 million dollars. Now, right now, I would say 84 million dollars. How much more that period? Even now that we have moved forward, 84 million dollars is still huge. 
Are you following? Now, Jesus looked at the temple as magnificent as it is. And he began to prophesy that this temple, not even one stone will be left on another. It will be destroyed. It will be broken down. And the people were like, what? What are you talking about? That this temple will be broken? So in the book of, when you move to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 24, which most of us, they have used that as end time came to us. That's what I want to explain. End time. Matthew 24. And I know those of you who go for evangelism, you use this one to preach. Go and stand there and preach to put fear in people. Let's not understand what the Bible is saying. Matthew 24. The Bible said, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. That means in chapter 23, he was in the temple. And he began to speak what will happen to that temple. Now, as magnificent as the temple looked like, why are you saying it to be destroyed? Why? Now, so when he departed from the temple, the Bible said, his disciples came to him for him to show them, the, for to show him the buildings of the temple. Verse 2, and Jesus said unto them, you see all these things, don't you? I tell you, I tell of, I tell all of you, with certainty there isn't a single stone here that will be left standing on top of another they will all be torn down hey now what is jesus talking about here is it not the destruction of the temple is it not the destruction of the temple that jesus is speaking about here Can you all hear me, please? Good. Good. So now Jesus is speaking of the destruction of the temple. And I told you the destruction of the temple is the end of the old covenant era or age. Are you following? Good. Now, the disciples came to him. And Jesus said, all these things you are seeing, this beautiful temple, not even one stone will be left on another. All of them will be brought down. Then verse 3, the Bible said, While Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when would these things take place? Now, when you look at the question that the disciples are asking him, what do you think they are, they are asking? Are they not also asking questions concerning when that, that temple will be destroyed? Exactly. So don't, no, you said the temple will be destroyed. Really? So Jesus, when? When would that temple, when would these things that you have said be? When would these things be? The next question they ask is that, and what will be the sign of your coming? Ah! <laughs> if I'm getting the disciples very well and clear, Jesus just said, the temple will be destroyed. Now, if you have come to him privately and you want to ask questions, the first question he asks is, when would these things be? That means, when would the temple be destroyed? The second question they asked was, 
What will be the sign of your coming? What coming? Did Jesus say anything about coming? Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is why if you get the, you know the coming of the Lord in a different way. Are you following? You know the coming of the Lord in a different way. Not as what we have taught you. There's, there are comings of the Lord. There are so many comings of the Lord. And I will explain. Are you following? Good. So now, they asked him, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of it? That means you will come. But we need to get a sign that you are coming. So what are some of the signs? And the last question was, and what will be the end? The sign of the end of the age. The King James put it this way. Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of the, thy coming? And of the end of the world? You see, when you look at this verse, and the way the King James put it, if you check the word world over there, In your Greek, it is the word aeon. The word aeon. And the word aeon means a period of time. It does not mean wealth as in the whole universe. It is the reason why you are reading the King James Version and you don't really have the, the strong numbers to know the true meaning of the words. You get confused. So the ISV said what would be the end of the age. But King James said what would be the end of the world. Now, but if you check the word well there, it is the word aeon, which is which also means an age. Now, what age is that? The age of the old covenant. Are you getting it? I told you that the, the old covenant was going to end by the destruction of the temple. They knew it. How the destruction of the temple was going to be was known as the coming of the Lord. Even New King James said age. Beautiful. So he's not talking of the whole world. But that's what most of the pastors are teaching. So they will read the verses that will now continue from this point. As if they are things that will happen in the whole world. Meanwhile, that's not what the Bible is saying. Now, we are just talking about the destruction of the temple. So, when we say the coming of the Lord. When we say the Lord is coming, it is in different meanings because it is an apologetic word, apocalyptic word, which means a prophetic word that you need understanding. And it's not just a straightforward literal thing. Are you following? I know many of you, you are learning. Don't forget these things. Don't forget these things. So now we are talking about the destruction of the temple. Now, do you know that when God wants to come and judge a certain city, and he wants to reveal to a prophet that he's coming to judge the city, he will say, he's coming. So he will tell, tell Sodom, I am coming with the clouds, and the moon will be darkened, and the sun will not shine, and this and this. And you see, all those words are judgmental meanings. They are apocalyptic words. Are, are you listening to me? 
It does not mean that there will be a literal darkening of the moon. No. You don't understand these things. That is why to abode no goods in any matter. That is why to abode no goods in any matter. That is why to And put it in, in the river and sit down and wait for it in the future for it to come back to you. It will not come. Fish will eat. <laughs> Are you following? So, the whole book of Matthew 24 is not talking about the whole world. It is talking about the destruction of the temple and the whole land of Israel. That is what the Bible is talking about. But the way apocalyptic languages will make it, it will look like it is talking of the whole world. Let me tell you even when God wants to prophesy, Sometimes the things we see as prophets concerning one human being, if we try to tell you the way we see it, you think we are exaggerating. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why sometimes we, some of us, I was, some of like myself, I will say some of the things, and the angel touched me, the angel opened his palm, and I began, so that you know that what is happening in the vision is quite strange. But when we say it, it looks simple. Are you following? So, if we try to say exactly what we are seeing, it will look so, so big. God, there are moments when God, especially, remember one time, this NPP,、um, the way, when NPP won, I think in the year 2016 or so, before the election, the Lord lifted me into the clouds. I was lifted into the clouds with a great speed. I was lying on a bed in my room and I saw an angel enter the room. The moment the angel entered the room, he moved close to my bed with speed. And the moment the angel moved to my bed, I saw I was lifted. And he just entered into the class with speed. All of a sudden, I saw myself hanging on the sea. I was hanging on the sea. The place everywhere was quiet. I was hanging. And I saw the flag of NPP hang, also hanging on the sea. And as I was looking at the flag, quickly somebody knocked the door and I came back out of the vision. Now, when I came out of the vision, I called my father in the Lord. And I said, Daddy, this is it. He said, Hey, God has given you a great vision. And that is what it means. This, 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 this. But you see, you will just come and you say, That is what the Lord said. Maybe I saw the flag of NPP being lifted. And the Lord said, NPP will win. As simple as it is. But if you, if you see how I experienced the thing, if our God could have just come and said, Son, NPP will win. But I was lifted to, into, <laughs> into realms hanging on the sea. So you see, When you begin to write, that is why sometimes apocalyptic words might sound strange. The moon will be darkened, the moon will become blood, and this and this. And this, if you think as literal as it is, you, 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 I don't even get what I'm saying, you get confused. 
So when God wants to judge a particular nation for the wrong things that they have done, he used apocalyptic languages. How? I am coming on the people of Israel and I will darken their heavens. I, the Lord, I will make their moon not shine. I will make this. It does not mean the moon will not shine. The moon will definitely shine. But the people will experience judgment. Are you following? So, there is a coming of the Lord that is judgmental. And that the destruction of the temple was a judgmental coming of the Lord. So you will not see Jesus coming for you to say, hey, this is Jesus. He was coming to judge. And how he was coming to judge most of the times, even when the children of Israel sinned against God and he wants to judge them, he will use a different nation. He will go and harden the heart of Babylon. Then they will come and take Israel into captivity. So this time around, he used the Romans to come and destroy the temple. But he spoke of it as if it was a judgment for the whole world because of apocalyptic languages. Are you listening to me? If you don't get this, you will miss a lot of it. Because the whole Matthew 24 is speaking of the destruction of the temple. So today I'm just talking about the um, covenantal eschatology. And that's what I'm saying. And I'm trying, I'm breaking and I'm looking. We are debunking this whole theory thing of end of the world, end of the world matter in Matthew 24. That is not it. You can't use Matthew 24 to talk of the end of the world. It is actually talking of the coming of the Lord. And I told you that coming of the Lord is to judge. That judgment is coming against Israel. Those who have refused to believe in him. And are still killing lambs. Now, once the Lord leaves a place. And you go to that place. Saying... The Lord is there, and we tell him no, he's not there. He says still he's there. A spirit will come and take the place. And you start worshiping that spirit as God. Are you following? That is why when God moves, move with him. Because if you stay at the place where he has left, you will end up connecting with another spirit. Good. So now, Jesus started moving further to tell the disciples, they asked three questions. When would this day so they are asking, when will the temple be destroyed? And also, what will be the sign of your coming? And I told that that coming speaks of the judgment that Jesus is bringing against the children of Israel who did not believe in him, who were still giving to the old covenantal system and the destruction of the temple. So they are asking, well, when will this, and what will be the sign of that distraction and judgment you are bringing on us? And also the end of the old covenant system. When? Now, Jesus opened his mouth and started telling them. He said, Jesus answered them, see to it that no one deceives you. Because many will come in my name and say, I'm the Messiah. And they will deceive many people. Is this not what they are telling us right now? Is it not what they are telling us right now? That many people will come and say they are the Christ. So, meanwhile, this thing has already happened. Many, many, even before Jesus died. 
then he, if you read further, you will, you will know that most of the things you are waiting for has already happened. Then he said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you aren't alarmed. These things must take place, but the end hasn't come yet. Did you read that? He said, because nation will rise up in arms against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places but all that all these things are only the beginning of the bad things <laughs> so when you hear that nations are rising against nations in those times it was just a symbol so it does not mean the end has come he's giving them signs that the end will come so when you hear that nations are rising against nations it means the end is drawing close it is not yet the time though but you are getting close they kept mentioning things. He said, then they will hand you over to suffer and will kill you. And you will be hated by all the nations because of my name. Then many people will fall away, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will be... Ah. Did they not ask about the signs of the destruction of the temple? What is Jesus telling them? Is he telling them something different? No. Are you following? Now let's listen to the last one. Read. You let's jump to verse 34 and listen to what Jesus said. You just let's jump to verse 34 and listen to it. that one will solve the whole equation. Verse 34 of Matthew 24. Jesus made this. He said, Truly I tell you this. He said, Truly I tell you, this generation said the whole multitude of people living at the same time in a definite giving period. Are you listening to him? Oh, Jesus Christ. So at that present time, the multitude of people living in that period of time is called a generation. In fact, in, in June, a generation is 40 years. 40 years is one generation. Are you following? So now Jesus made, he said, Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away till all these things taken together take place. What? Did, did we hear that? The NIV says, I tell all of you with certain teeth, this generation won't disappear until these things happen. Now, if that generation, okay, where is that generation now? Hmm? The generation that Jesus was talking to, where is that generation now? That generation is gone. And new generations have come. And Jesus is telling us that all the things that he said, nations will rise against nations, famine will come, earthquakes, all those things. These things will not happen on, you see, he said the generation will not pass until all these things happen. That means all those things will happen before that generation passes away. And if that generation has passed away, then it means these things have happened. I'm not the one saying it. That's what the Bible is saying.
Aleluya. No, some of you are struggling to believe what I'm saying. I'm not the one saying it. Are we not reading the Bible? Is it not the Bible we are reading? So why are you struggling to believe what the Bible is saying? Why? So all these things that happened in the book of Matthew 24 is actually talking about a covenantal eschatology. Speaking of the destruction of the temple and the disappearing of the old covenant, the end of the old covenant for a new age to start. If you don't understand this, you open your Bible, you see Old Testament, New Testament, you don't get it. Huh? Why you confused now? The number as some men of God are doing now. They confuse all of us. The Lord is going to help us and grant us grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, so um, this evening um, we have settled the matter of the covenantal eschatology. God willing, tomorrow we are going to understand that of cosmic eschatology. The whole physical world that we are seeing, what will happen to it? We go into the scriptures. Then, when we, we come to personal eschatology, talk about life after death. What will happen to the souls of men when they die? And the Lord is going to help us. Then we will now enter into the book of Revelation and get deeper understanding. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright. If you have any question, um, you can ask. Feel free and ask any question. If you have any question, you can feel free and ask. The gift of tongues. I see the Spirit of the Lord come upon you. The Holy Ghost sent from heaven.
Okay. No question? I know some of you, things are right now sinking deep into your spirits. The Lord is now granting us understanding. Hallelujah. Please, God bless you, Mommy Augusta. God bless you. Jeb, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. I, I love that. <laughs> Somebody is asking what the verse 35 means. That heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will not disappear. I want to give you a certain scripture that will help you understand that. Good. Now let me ask this simple question. Has the old covenant system or the law, has it been fulfilled? Has it been fulfilled? Okay. Okay. Oh, has it been only two people are saying yes? Has the old covenant system of the law been fulfilled? That is the assignment of Jesus Christ. Good. Now, let's read something from Matthew chapter 5. The person is asking a question. The Bible said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass. So, what is heaven and earth passing away? Now, let us understand what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Listen to what Jesus said. Now, we all know that he came to fulfill the law and his death fulfilled it. The Bible said, Jesus said, do not think that I have come to do away or undo the law or the prophets. I have come not to do away or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. He came to fulfill them. And when we say a prophecy is fulfilled, it is fulfilled. Are you following? Let's say a prophet told you, you are going to get 50 CDs tomorrow at 3 p.m. And tomorrow came, 3 p.m., we got 50 CDs. Has the prophecy been fulfilled? Yes. So all that prophecy is looking for is fulfillment. So what the law was looking for was fulfillment. And Jesus came to fulfill it. He fulfilled all righteousness. Now, so he said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill it. And now his death fulfilled it. But he made, some, he made a certain statement about the fulfillment of the law. Listen to what he said. He said, for truly I tell you until the sky and the earth. This verse is giving us different. It, said, it is actually until the heavens and the earth pass away and perish. Not one smallest letter nor little hook will pass from the law until all things are accomplished. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, <laughs> The Lord have come to fulfill it. 
but it will never, not even one will be fulfilled until heaven and earth has passed away. Now, I asked you, has the law been fulfilled? You said yes. If it has been fulfilled, then heaven and earth has passed. No, did you read that? <laughs> so the question is what is the heaven and earth that has passed it is actually the temple many of you don't know that the temple the most holy place where the ark of the covenant was that was the place where god was dwelling and that place was called heaven it was only the high priest that was allowed to go there and the outer court where all the children of Israel were coming with their lambs, that place was called Earth. And even close to, there was a brazen altar where they would put the, the lamb on it and it would burn the lamb. Close to that brazen altar, there was a small basin of water. It was called the sea or the lava. The sea. So now, when you look at the whole system of the temple, you have heaven, you have earth, and you have the sea. It was speaking of everything. This thing I'm talking to you about, if you don't make time to study and read a lot, you will not know. And that is why most believers don't have understanding in this. Because they just want a two-hour message from a man of God to touch on all of these things. It won't happen like that. Are you following? You can't learn everything from a pastor just for two hours of preaching. No, you have to go and search. Are you listening to me? Now, these days I'm telling you, if I tell you the number of years I've spent to know this, you will be shocked. Since the year 2015, seven years now, I've been delving deep into the matters of eschatology, reading history, going everywhere. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you something. Benis, let me, let me explain something to you, okay? Do you know that they have taught us this? That as time goes on, the world will be very dark. Evil things will continue to happen. Then whilst things are becoming so evil, then Jesus will come and snatch the Christians. Is that not what they told us about the end times? When you look into the scriptures, actually, that is not how the Bible says things. Do you know what the Bible said? Because this whole earth, the assignment is for the kingdom of God to be established. And when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God came to the earth. You see, before Jesus came, many kingdoms were ruling. So he even came in the time of the kingdom of Romans. Hmm? When you look at the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, he saw a statue, the head of gold, the chest area of silver, the thighs of bronze, the legs of iron, and the feet of both 
partly iron, partly clay. And he said, all these were kingdoms. But he said, once he was looking at the image, a stone that was thrown not with human hands came to crush that image and broke it into pieces. And the wind blew the remains away. And that stone that came entered the earth. And it began to grow. It began to grow big. It began to grow big and filled the whole earth. Now Daniel started speaking and he was telling us the interpretation and he said, that stone that came was the kingdom of God. Now before the kingdom, many kingdoms will come. But the kingdom of God will come to the earth and it will cover the whole earth. It will rule over the entire earth. Now, as I'm talking to you, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 verse 28, If I cast out demons by the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It means the kingdom has come. But the kingdom that came has come in the form of a small stone as, it, as that stone came to destroy all those kingdoms. Now that stone is now growing to become a mountain. So the kingdom has come, but it has not yet filled everywhere. That is why we need to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Are you following? We preach the gospel of the kingdom to the uttermost part of the whole earth so that men will believe in the Lord Jesus and as they believe, they join in the kingdom and the kingdom will keep on expanding. And as the kingdom keep on expanding, the evil works that the enemy will do will continue to diminish. So in fact, when you look at the scriptures very well and the mind of God, the more we get close to the coming of the Lord Jesus, the more things will become better. <laughs> Because even the church, let me tell you, that's why I keep saying this. Even with the church, I told you the other time, Jesus is coming for a church without spot and wrinkle. That means this church right now that we are doing unnecessary things, one church is fighting against another, uh, we are, there are fornications in the church, all those kind of things. Jesus is purifying us. And we are all going to be purified. He will come for a church without spot and wrinkle. So until we are changed to become that glorious bride that he wants, he will not come. If you are waiting for Jesus to come today, forget it. Because the comings that the Bible spoke of, which was about his judgment upon certain people, he has already come to do that. The next coming is coming for a bride. He's coming for a bride. And that bride that he's coming, you see, that is why when you hear of the coming of the Lord Jesus. My, my dear sister, my dear brother, what is your fear in this one? What is your fear in this? It is because you have failed to understand the matters of the kingdom. And God willing, tomorrow, as we talk about the cosmic eschatology, I will open a lot of things for us to understand. And the Lord, you see, you don't take time to study. So whatever somebody says, on the outside, you take it and you believe it. And you keep working with it. That is the reason why they told you that COVID-19 is, is, is the sign of the end of the world. <laughs> Let me tell you. There are some people who are crying, Jesus, forgive all our sins. If you are coming, please count us among those 
Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Now when COVID-19 diminished and got disappeared, Una Ujina Club You are breaking your in. You know the same person crying. Huh? In the 90s, a certain man of God said rapture will happen in the month of May 24th. So all his church members, if you have $2 million at the bank, just go and withdraw the money, go and give it to the poor. So that at least God will show you mercy and he will, he will, he will catch you up into the heavens. <laughs> if you know what this rapture thing has done to destinies, you will start thinking, we are fa- you see, religion and religion will prevent you from thinking. Right now, if, if you try to, this message that I've taught you, if you tell your church people about it, they'll say, mm, you, are, you are following a certain false teacher. Mm. You are lost. You go and tell pastor, 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 come and see, Franco, mm, Frank. I said it. I said it. The way Frank was just, mm, I said it. Oh, Christians, Christians, the Bible cry, you are not reading. You are not reading the scriptures. There are many things in the Bible when you read, you now your eyes will open, but you have failed to read. And people who are speaking things that they call it the Bible, you are saying that which is not even in the Bible, and you have believed them because you are not reading. Said Jesus, the Banisar Winati. Go and read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I think it is a fancy term. You will never find out. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I learned Awenade is, is a lion. That also. So Jesus came as a lamb. And the, the next time he's coming, he's coming as a lion. A lion. No, there's no, the only coming that we know that he would descend. For our eyes to see. The Bible said he would descend with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. With the trump of God. And what will happen to we the church is that we will be changed. And we will be caught up to be with him in the air. And we will be like him. That is all. What does it matter to you? What is the Awenadze in this thing? Ah, what? Awenadze. Ah. Does that not mean somebody that chews um, metals? <laughs> Eh, because I win that idea. Hmm? An entity that chews metals. That is what it's actually trying to say. When did you see a lion chewing a metal? Yeah, let me stop now, Uncle Carson, because I'm in Cape Coast. I don't want any trouble from anybody. I don't want the Kaswa people to get me. Amen. Hallelujah. So, child of God, what will happen to this whole world? What will happen to this whole world in the time? They told you 
the earth will fold itself like a mat. Then the heavens will melt like balm of Gilead. <laughs> then they, they, they added something. So where will you stand? They said, the heavens and the earth shall pass away. And to them, that is the heaven where God's throne is, and the earth where we live. So, if the heaven where God's throne is passes, and the earth where we are standing also disappears, we are all going to hang in the air. Oh, no, no. Someone said, Daddy, please. So how will the judgment day be? Don't worry. We are getting there. Yeah, we are getting there. There will be a day of judgment. Yes. There will, be a, there will surely be a day of judgment. But do you know that there are two kinds of judgment? We call one the judgment. And we call one judgment. The judgment. The judgment is for the believers. There we receive the rewards that God is giving to us. But anybody that is not a Christian, when the person dies, the person is already judged. You know where you are going already. You don't need anybody to tell you. Are you following? So when you read the book of Psalm 1, Psalm, the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms, the Bible said, when you read even Verse 4 and 5, the Bible said, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. The ungodly, the unbelievers, they cannot stand in our judgment. Never. They can't. Because our judgment is a time of rewards where we are going to receive our crowns for the works that we did with the Holy Ghost that God gave to us on this earth. Are you following? They are known as the works of your faith. You receive rewards for that. So God will judge you according to your works. It does not mean that God is going to judge you based on um, all the things you have done wrong so you count your good. No. You are not reading the Bible clearly. That is why God will pass our works through fire. That is where our works are going to be passed through fire. Then the fire will now determine what you will receive. So if the Holy Ghost in you did not, did not even evangelize to win not even one soul, you will die. You will go to heaven because you are a Christian. But well, your, your work in your hands will be like a plastic that they are passing through fire. What will come out? Nothing. Let's say polythene bag black. They are passing it through fire for five minutes. <laughs> Even one second, it is gone. So you'll be standing at the end waiting for the five minutes for you to get a reward. Nothing will come. You'll be, you will cry because you did not receive any reward, but you are in heaven. That is when you will know that in this life, heaven is not the ultimate. The crown that you receive based on the works you are doing for the Lord on earth is actually going to give you a place. 
in the realms of the heavenlies. Are you following? Then we all will come back to this earth and we will reign with Christ on this earth. We will come back and reign with Christ. So people were in heaven, they were crying. Who go to heaven and you think heaven at last? Oh, I, when I go to heaven, hey, and the milk was so raw. Oh, yeah, may the matter be bekuta. Mekwa kodi yeswetio or paradise. Paradise. Oh, paradise. No, when you are saying, oh, kwa you don't know. You think Jesus is in paradise? He's sitting on the throne, far above the realm of paradise. Paradise is just the third heaven zone. Jesus is beyond the twelve. You are thinking of paradise. Oh no. <laughs> you say heaven, then you say our home. Heaven, our home. Heaven, our home. You are not serious. Heaven is a resting place. It is not your home. Huh? Oh, you don't get it. It's like you are traveling to a place and you go to a certain place where it was night. And you say, no, you can't drive through that darkness. So let me just get a certain resting place, nice five-star hotel and sleep in the morning. I will continue my journey. That five-star hotel at that moment is, is a heaven. Are you following? There is a purpose for paradise. Paradise is not where we are supposed to be. Paradise was where we were that we missed. So anytime you go to paradise, you are just learning where, who you were. Now, after learning that, and you grow, you, you grow beyond that realm. When you go to paradise, you will not see God sitting on the throne there. The throne of God is not in paradise. Paradise is a realm of heaven. It's called the third heavens. It is, that place is the garden of God. All manner of beautiful flowers and things are found in paradise. It was that realm that God brought on the earth and called that place Eden. That is why even when you check the word Eden in Greek, it's actually the same word paradise. So the garden of Eden was paradise that God brought on the earth. As simple as that. So if you go to paradise and say that is where, no, you, are, you have just gone back to Eden. Meanwhile, you came from the realm of heaven, the, the throne of God. Are you following? Exactly. We need to learn these things and grow in the things of God. And the Lord will grant me grace. I will help us. I'm doing my best to teach everything that we need to know. You also have to do your best to understand and steady so that you will not go and forget what I've taught you. If you think you are forgetting, go and download the message on the podcast and you know listen to it again and again. The Lord will help you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Please God will in this night at exactly 12 a.m. GMT. We are going to meet for priesthood time. So make sure you join us. We are going to fire prayer. The Lord is going to be of a great help to us. And whatever the Lord has purpose for your life, 
by the power of his grace and the prophetic, it will surely be released into your destiny in the name of Jesus. Very soon, very soon, angelic movement, very soon, okay? Yeah, within the course of the week. All right. The Lord bless you all and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to upload the message right after here. So please, um, I'm just going to make it eschatology part one. God willing, tomorrow we'll do part two, then Wednesday part three, then um, we'll see what the Lord has for us. So don't just sit down. Hmm? Make sure you, you, you try to understand. Go over the message again and again. I'm going to upload the message right after here. I have other sermons on eschatology and the coming of the Lord. Go and download them and also listen to them. Don't be too busy with movies and you don't have time for the word of God. Please, make time and study. The Lord will help. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We shall meet God willing this night at exactly 12 a.m. GMT. If you want to support the work of God, the number is 0240-312-551. God bless you. Lovely. School, school of the Prophets is um, on Saturdays in the evening, so you can join any of our meetings. God bless you all. God bless you, my son, the royal Decapons. May the Lord increase you in grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. We shall meet this night. God bless you. Shalom. Bye-bye.